Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. Wow. The world as we know it has been on a hiatus for the last eight months. Given the disruptive nature and protocols associated with the COVID-19 pandemic, But despite these challenges, progress is still being made on many fronts, one of which is employment, where we see progress still being made in the advancement of women into leadership positions, both in corporate offices and boardrooms across the country. I'm a product of that advancement as being the first woman to serve as the president and CEO for the Milwaukee County Workforce Development Board. And today, I am delighted to be joined by a very special guest who's an expert in the promotion and advocacy of women leaders, Ms. Jennifer Dirks. Jennifer serves as the first ever president and CEO of Temple Milwaukee, a professional organization whose mission is to further the elevation and impact of women leaders in our community. Jennifer is a communications and public relations executive with more than 20 years of corporate and agency experience with business-to-business and business-to-consumer markets. Dirks also spent more than a decade as a television news reporter and producer in various newsrooms across the Midwest. She also serves in in board and committee leadership capacities for Pearls for Teen Girls, Tribe and Financial, Axe Housing, and the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee. And I'm excited to say that I've become a member of Tempo, and I want to welcome Jennifer to the show. I am so excited to have you join us today. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and officially welcome to Temple Milwaukee. We are thrilled that you are a new member. So thank you. So Jennifer, you have quite an extensive background. Can you tell us a little bit more about how your previous experience helped you to prepare for the work you do at Temple Milwaukee? Well, thank you so much for um, allowing me to be on this program. Congratulations again to you for joining Temple Milwaukee. We are thrilled to have you on our membership roster. So welcome. Um, So I'm sure just like you, my uh, journey is an unconventional one. Um, So I, before I came to Temple Milwaukee, spent a lot of year, probably more than um, 10 years in, in the broadcast world as a journalist. And so really with that background in broadcasting, really had the idea of what it meant to build a story, to tell a story, to um, certainly share a story and build greater brand awareness. So I think that that was something that was um, intriguing to those at Temple Milwaukee who were involved in hiring me as their first president and CEO. And I think the second area that really helped in my previous roles was this passion that I had for building things. And I'm not talking about like bricks and mortar building. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about launching initiatives and implementing and executing strategic initiatives. And at the time, the Temple Milwaukee leadership, the board was really looking at um, how do we evolve our brand? How do we have an even louder voice in our community for women um, in the workplace? How do we, um, you know, strengthen that narrative? as well as how do we launch strategic partnerships? How do we evolve our organization? And so um, I'm thrilled to have joined Tempo about six years ago. Great, great. So just thinking back, Tempo was established, I believe, in 1975 and brought you on as the organization's first ever president in 2014. Can you talk about the organization's decision to bring on someone in this role, how you've led the organization thus far, and your vision for the future? 
Sure. And um, you mentioned that a little bit in the um, lead up in terms of a description of Temple Milwaukee, but I want to dive dive in a little bit deeper because I think it gives um, context to um, answer this question. So Temple Milwaukee, as you mentioned, has been around for 45 years. The landscape for women executives 45 years ago was incredibly different than it is today. There weren't a lot of women uh, elevating into executive roles. We have uh, done a lot over the last 45 years to change that narrative and bring more and more women into CEO and executive positions. Um, But our women, our members make up uh, women that are at the height of their career. They are the decision makers. They are the business owners. They are um, the CEOs Mm -hmm. in their organizations. And so I think Tempo, uh, the board prior to me coming on, really took a step back and said, you know, we are a women organization. We are led by, we, our members are executive leaders. We need to walk the walk and talk the talk. We need to hire a women CEO that can think strategically, has a growth um, mindset, has a passion for changing the narrative around women in this community. And so I have been so grateful to be in this role to mm-hmm. do that. I have an incredible board that allows me to bring my passion for strategy and launching initiatives to our community. We also have um, a significant growth mindset and to really look at, okay, there were four women that helped form Temple Milwaukee 45 years ago, advanced to where we are now, we're 425 Mm -hmm. women executives. And so to really just sustain that vision and grow our organization for the future. Great. So just looking at some stats here recently, uh, Milwaukee Women Inc. reported that while the number of executives and board members who were women at the top 50 Wisconsin public companies continue to increase, women held just over 20 percent of these positions. This number is lower than the number of women on boards of companies that make up the S&P 500, which is about 26.5 percent, according to the Milwaukee Journal. In your estimation, are there unique challenges that women leaders in Wisconsin face that are different than other parts of the country? Yeah, and I'm going to actually add one additional statistic to this. So if you look at the list of Fortune 500 CEOs, Mm -hmm. women only account, women CEOs only account for 7.8%. And so then you take that even further and you look at the top 50 public companies in Milwaukee, a majority of them are run by white males. Mm -hmm. And so I think the narrative starts there in that um, Milwaukee is so progressive in some ways, but so lagging behind in others. And one of those areas is really supporting women into executive roles, into the C-suite, into the CEOs, um, into the CEO position. So we still have um, a, a long way to go in terms of making sure that we both attract and retain female talent. Um, we are seeing kind of not, I wouldn't say it's a mass exodus at all of women leaving um, Milwaukee, but uh, I think we, what we can learn from those organizations uh, that are being um, well run, and there's examples of them Kohl's, Manpower, mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. all doing really great things to elevate women into those roles, to have flexible work environments, to showcase that, yes, women can make it to the executive roles in these in these companies. So um, I think we have um, some work to do in that area, for sure. Okay. 
Right. And you kind of lead me into the next question with more women ascending up in the leadership ranks. Have you found that there's less angst amongst women about their decisions of career advancement versus raising a family? Or is that not an issue anymore? Because you talked about companies like Coles and Manpower and the flexibility um, that they have in, in this arena. You know, do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And not only do I think that this is still an issue, but I think the COVID, um, the pandemic and COVID has made this more of an issue uh, for working women. I mean, it's certainly, I was just on a interview this morning where we were talking about, it's it's no secret that COVID has had devastating impact on so many people, but particularly for women, it, COVID has been dis, disproportionate. It has impacted disproportionately women and then particularly if you look at women of color, um, I call it, we, we often refer to it as this motherhood tax or penalty, which is kind of this idea that even pre-COVID, women have traditionally taken on the majority of caregiving responsibilities. So not only are women feeling the angst and the pressure to continue in their full-time roles, but now you add that layer of stress of having to do it all in this time of a pandemic, um, you're do it all at work and at home, there's an extra burden. It's an extra layer of stress for working women. And I've often heard from a lot of our members, sometimes it feels impossible to, to climb that corporate ladder and keep things running within the household, especially during this time of COVID. Absolutely. Just thinking back to, I'm doing research. I'm actually pursuing my PhD um, at Cardinal Stritch. And one my dissertation is around um, African-American women in leadership roles and looking at the percentages and the numbers and then, you know, looking at um, uh, tendencies or implications for mental health issues and, and just thinking about the decisions that women have to make around being a mother and advancing. And a lot of the research that I've seen around the advancement, what are the things that allow certain, why do, you know, certain women advance over other women? And when you start to factor into, um, those things, family and children and single parenthood. And you mentioned, um, you know, even the percentages are much lower, even around African-American women. And I'm finding that in my research as well. And the decisions that you make, you know, as a mom, you're feeling like, am I sacrificing my family for the advancement of myself? And, and, and we still struggle with that. I mean, I have a 12 year old and I think about those things as do I sign the form with the school for her to, do in school or should we stay online? You know, just having those decisions that you have to make and at the same time still leading an organization of 50 some odd people and, and folks depending on me there. So yeah, it, it's a lot that goes yeah. into all of that. I agree. And I, I think it's um for us at Tempo, I think it's a real concern. And you think of what things are going to look like post pandemic, you know, and are we going to see a significant exodus of women that just, um, you know, maybe realize that working a full time and being a full time mom is not going to be, you know, one of them is going to have to give. And mm-hmm. so um, let's hope that it's um, or or that we can find a happy medium, you know, right. um, and, and that employers start to be flexible and more empathetic about women in the workplace. Right. And during this time of crisis, effective leadership is essential um, in, in for-profit, nonprofit organizations. Are there any key leadership differences or tendencies that 
um, between how women lead and how men lead that you've noticed or have done research on? So I'm going to answer this in two ways because there's the, the research mode and then there's probably my personal side of this. So the research will tell you that a woman, if on your executive team or on your board, your company is more innovative, more progressive, and honestly, more profitable from the bottom line. That is what the research shows. So if you have a woman in the top spot, your CEO or in the C-suite or even a member of your board, women in executive roles means a more successful and more profitable organization. That is what the research shows. So for me, from a personal side, I think the, the, the greater differentiator between how, and me, how women and men lead is this empathetic um, side, this empathy, having empathy for your employees, um, having um, knowing that your employees are coming in and you've got a, a, a new mom working from home and she's trying to juggle between sending off her kid to school and doing the laundry. And then, oh, by the way, putting on a full-time job. So as a female, you seem to, you know, you definitely know what they're going through. You are more empathetic. So I do think that that is one of the key differentiators, aside from what research is showing with having women in executive roles. Yeah, I I would agree (laughs) with both. (laughs) Um, So the killing of George Floyd, an unarmed black man at the knee of a white Minneapolis police officer, touched off a wave of civic unrest across the country, including Milwaukee, and calls for police reform, racial reckoning, equity and justice uh, for Black Americans. Many organizations have vowed to improve their diversity, equity, and inclusion landscape. Is Tempo Milwaukee active in this space as well? And if so, can you share your approach? And I just think about, again, being an African-American woman, um, coming to the board and and just looking at the traditional history of of Temple Milwaukee, is there any um, uh, intentional efforts from Temple Milwaukee to um, um, address equity and justice and women in leadership, in particular African-American women? Sure. So Temple has been on our diversity and inclusion journey for 45 years, but I will be really honest to say that in the last five, six years, when we really put this and wrote it out as part of a strategic plan priority, that we have really shifted our focus. And so that's when I think our journey was refreshed a little bit in terms of how we were peeling back the layers of our DNI efforts. So what we found was our organization was 92% white women which was not reflective of the diversity of our business community. And so we knew we needed to change that and bring even greater strategic approach to creating this inclusive environment. So we had a established a really inc- incredible DNI committee of experts that are doing it at Advocate Aurora, at GMR Marketing, um, knowing that we didn't have all the answers, but putting this um, committee together to help us change that narrative. We conducted a survey to hear from our members. We researched why women of color were joining Tempo and why they weren't. What was the reason behind that? And then we were intentional that we didn't want it to be just a check the box of Mm -hmm. we want to get this many women of color into Tempo Milwaukee, but it was more of we need to create an inclusive environment first. 
And then it's almost like that thing of uh, the, the notion of you build it, they will come. And so that was our really, that was our big approach. Then the killing of George Floyd happened. And I think like every organization in town that was really committed to changing that narrative, we had to take an even greater step back and really focus on what was Temple Milwaukee's voice mm-hmm. and what was our responsibility as a typically um, a white privileged and white dominated organization, what was our role in changing that narrative? And so we started with um, putting out, I, I am so blessed to have a network of really incredible female leaders, both women of color and women within the organization that I just reached out to and said, help me um, support my voice with that and support our voice to change that. And so we started to have some really um uncomfortable conversations, I will say, you know, knowing that um, some in our membership weren't going to be comfortable with the, no- the, the notion of white supremacy, of white privilege, of uh, white fragility. Um, but those that were um, ready to embrace this as a priority, we started to have like really just open and vulnerable conversations. And um, just starting with, I didn't have an agenda for my first call, and about 260 members joined. And I just said, tell me what you've been hearing, what you've been feeling, um, what you, what questions you have. And it was just a very vulnerable, uncomfortable at times, but also a very courageous conversation with our members. And then we started a book club, mm. we started a book club going chapter by chapter of white fragility. And we are on chapter six. We just had it last Thursday. And it's led by our DNI committee, and we ask our members to join. We have really thought-provoking conversations around it, and we know that this is now um, a really um, value add for our members and an integral part and a priority for us to continue the conversation. Great. So, um, kind of the presidential election is just around the corner, and. There may be some accompanying shifts in the makeup of the House and Senate majorities. Do you foresee any major legislation regarding the advancement of women on the horizon, regardless of who wins office? Yeah, I think the one area of legislation that I think is really critical is, you know, you have the broad spectrum of what we've already kind of talked about and covered, and that's equity for women in the workplace. But even more specific is pay equity for women. And so adopting legislation, many states and many cities have already done this, where this question about um, what's your salary history, many, um, Boston, for example, has eliminated that from any of their job applications. So if Wisconsin can get there to say that that shouldn't even be a question that is posed on any job application, I think would be an incredible um, forward-thinking legislation that this administration can really mandate and implement. Right. So um, what advice would you give job seekers during these times? It's been uh, quite interesting because there are those individuals where we sit as a workforce development board. Anytime there's um, layoffs, um over a certain number, we get war notices from the Department of Workforce Development with those employers. And we see employers, you know, still laying off. But at the same time, we're contacted by employers 
who's still hiring, but there's, you know, certain industries that's hiring. So what advice would you give to job seekers during these times, just based on what you're seeing, hearing, experience? I think one of the most critical, and we touched on this a little earlier, was this idea of what matters to you most. And having this idea of, you know what, culture is really important to me or an employer that believes in my flexibility at work, or that has this notion of um, maybe a typical work week isn't a typical work week for a working mother. Maybe she's putting in most of her hours after the kids go to bed. And so to have that, um, just really look for, you know, or the advice to give to a job seeker is to say, you know, does culture, how much of um, culture is important to you? And really look at those organizations that are implementing revisiting processes and procedures and how they really care and are empathetic with their employees. Mm -hmm. So being a leader is not an easy job by no stretch of the imagination. So um, tell me, what's been your biggest leadership lesson and why? My biggest leadership lesson is honestly learning how to breathe Mm -hmm. and taking some time for myself, knowing when I need a break and making sure that my mental health is in check because I am no good if I am not um, punching all cylinders and my team is uh, not going to be uh, producing as, as highest as they can. And so just making sure that I am aware of that. And taking that time and truly, truly unplugging mm-hmm. is, I think, been a really big adjustment for me. It's not in my DNA, but I've, got to, <laughs> I've learned to, I've had to learn to deal with it, right? Right. To remain sane, that is like uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned myself is that learning how to breathe. And when you say turning off, really, truly turning off, um, I mean, you put years back on your life when you can learn to do those things. And so just tell me my last question, what leadership legacy do you aspire to leave? So I thought a lot about this, and I think it goes back to this empathy perspective and that I really want to be known as the leader who cared about her team. Mm-hmm. and provided them with an, with an environment for them to succeed. And I always say to my team, it's not a I versus them. It is a we, mm-hmm. and it's a collective we. And so I think that would be, you know, I was a leader that cared. Right, right. And I totally agree with that. I mean, um, being human means a lot to a lot of people. The fact that folks can look at you and not see you just as the leader of the organization, but see you as a human being. Um, And and that you see those who work with you are the same and not just as worker bees, but that they are their people. Um, But Jennifer, I want to thank you for sharing your insights with us today. I'm excited to be a part of Temple Milwaukee. I'm excited to have you on board. Having these types of conversations has a lot to do with what we do here. Oftentimes, you know, because we are a workforce development board and people think of us as helping people to find jobs, but again, there's people finding jobs. And when we look at leadership, 
there's there's leadership and we want to make sure that there's impactful leadership and to be able to have conversations and connect with women leaders is important. It's important to me as a person. It's important to organizations that you acknowledge, you strive for, you're intentional and having that type of diversity be a part of of any organization, whether it be for profit or nonprofit. And so, again, I look forward to learning more um, as I've recently joined Temple Milwaukee and from all of my peers that are a part there. And it was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. And for um, my listeners who are there, are there any parting words that you'd like to share before we close? Well, I just, again, want to thank you for this opportunity. We are thrilled um, that you have joined Tempo. I think the more voices that we can have around changing the the narrative for women in the workplace, um, I I just, I I think you would, you are going to be, I know you're going to be a great partner in this conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to Workforce Insights, where workforce development is our business. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, visit www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next time with a new episode.